0: part one chapter ten of jenny by sigrid unset translated by w Emma, this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one chapter ten jenny and helge were running hand in hand down via Magna napoli the street was merely a staircase leading to the trajan forum on the last step he drew her to him and kissed her are you mad you mustn't kiss people in the street here and they both laughed one evening they had been spoken to by two policemen on the lateran piazza for walking up and down under the pines along the old wall kissing each other the last sun rays brushed the bronze figures on top of the pillar and burned on the walls and on the treetops in the gardens the piazza lay in the shade with its old rickety houses round the excavated forum below the street level jenny and helga leaned over the railing and tried to count the fat lazy cats which had taken their abode among the stumps of pillars on the grass-covered plot they seemed to revive a little as the twilight began to fall a big red one which had been lying on the pedestal of the trajan pillar stretched himself sharpened his claws on the masonry jumped down onto the grass and ran away i make it twenty-three said helga i counted twenty-five she turned round and dismissed a postcard seller who was recommending his wares and fragments of every possible language she leaned again over the railing and stared vaguely at the grass giving way to the pleasant languor of a long sunny day and countless kisses out in the green campagna helga held one of her hands on his arm and patted it she moved it along his sleeve until it rested between both of his helga smiled happily what is it dear I am thinking of those germans she laughed too quietly and indifferently as happy people do at trifles that do not concern them they had passed the forum in the morning and sat down a moment on the high pedestal of the focus pillar talking in whispers beneath them lay the crumbled ruins gilded by the sun and small black tourists rambled among the stones a newly married german couple were walking by themselves seeking solitude in the midst of the crowd of travelers he was fair and ruddy of face wore knickerbockers and carried a kodak and read to his wife out of baedeker she was very young plump and dark with the inherited stamp of hausfrau on her smooth flowery face she sat down on a tumbled pillar posing to her husband who took a snapshot of her and the two who sat above under the focus pillar whispering of their love laughed heedless of the fact that they were sitting above the forum romanum are you hungry asked helga no are you no but do you know what i should like to do well i should like to go home with you and have supper what do you say to that yes of course they walked home arm in arm through small side streets in her dark staircase he drew her suddenly to him and kissed her with such force and passion that her heart began to beat violently she was afraid and at the same time angry with herself for being so and whispered in the dark my darling to prove to herself that she was calm wait a moment whispered helga when she was going to light the lamp and he kissed her again put on the geisha dress you look so sweet in it i will sit on the balcony while you change jenny changed her dress in the dark she put the kettle on and arranged the anemones and the almond sprigs before she called him in and lighted up he took her again in his arms and said oh jenny you are so lovely everything about you is lovely it is heavenly to be with you i wish i could be with you always she took his face between her two hands jenny you wish it that we could be always together she looked into his beautiful brown eyes yes helga i do do you wish that this spring our spring never would end yes oh yes she threw herself suddenly into his arms and kissed him her half-open lips and closed eyes begged for more kisses his words about their spring that should never cease awoke a painful anxiety in her heart that the spring and their dream would come to an end and yet behind it all was a dread which she did not try to explain to herself but it came into existence when he asked if she wished they could always be together i wish i were not going home said helga sadly but i am going home soon too she said softly and we shall probably come back here together you are quite determined to go are you sorry that i have upset all your plans in this way she gave him a hurried kiss and ran to the kettle which was boiling over no you silly boy i had almost made up my mind before because mamma wants me badly she gave a short laugh i am ashamed of myself she is so pleased that i am coming home to help her and it is really only to be with my lover but it is all right i can live cheaper at home even if i help them a little and i may be able to earn something what i can save now i shall want here later helga took the cup she gave him and seized her hand but next time you come here you will come with me for i suppose you will you mean that we should marry his face was so young and so anxiously inquiring that she had to kiss him several times forgetting that she had been afraid of that word which had not been mentioned between them before i suppose that will be the most practical plan you dear boy since we have agreed to be together always elga kissed her hand asking quietly when when you like she answered as quietly and firmly again he kissed her hand what a pity we can't be married out here he said a moment after in a different voice she did not answer but stroked his hair softly helga sighed but i suppose we ought not to as we are going home so soon in any case your mother would feel hurt don't you think at such a hurried marriage jenny was silent it had never occurred to her that she owed her mother any account of her doings her mother had not consulted her when she had wanted to marry again it would hurt my people i know i don't like to admit it but it is so and i should much prefer to write and tell them that i am engaged as you are going home before me, it would be nice of you to go and see them. Jenny bent her head as if to shake off a disagreeable sensation and said, I will, dear, if you wish me to, of course. I don't like it at all. It has been so lovely here, only you and I, nobody else in all the world. But Mother would be so vexed, you see, and I don't want to make things worse for her than they are already. I don't care for my Mother any longer. She knows it and is so grieved at it. It is only a formality i know but she would suffer if she thought i wanted to keep her out in the cold she would think it was vengeance for the old story you know when we are through with all that we will get married and nobody will have anything more to say i wish so much that it would be soon don't you she kissed him in answer i want you he whispered and she made no resistance when he caressed her but he let her go suddenly and buttering his biscuit began to eat afterwards they sat by the stove smoking she in the easy chair and he on the floor with his head in her lap isn't cheska coming back tonight either he asked suddenly no she is staying in tivoli till the end of the week jenny answered a little nervously you have such pretty slender feet you are so lovely oh so lovely and i am so fond of you you don't know how i love you jenny i should like to lie down on the floor at your feet helga helga his sudden violence frightened her but then she said to herself he is my own darling boy why should i be afraid of him no helga don't not the shoes i stamp about with in those dirty streets helga rose sobered and humble she tried to laugh the whole matter away there may be many dangerous bacilli on those shoes you know ugh what a pedant you are and you pretend to be an artist he laughed too and to hide his embarrassment he went on boisterously a nice sweetheart you are let me smell i thought so you smell of turpentine and paint nonsense dear i have not touched a brush for three weeks but you will have to wash sir have you any carbolic in case of infection while he was washing his hands he said my father used to say that women are utterly destitute of poetry your father is quite right and they can cure people by ordering cold baths he said with a laugh jenny became suddenly serious she went to him put her hands on his shoulders and kissed him i did not want you at my feet helga when he had gone she was ashamed of herself he was right she did want to give him a cold bath but she would not do it again for she loved him she had played a poor part tonight she had thought of Signora rosa what would she have said if anything had happened it was rather humiliating to realize that she had been afraid of a scene with an angry signora and tried to get out of her promise to her lover in accepting his love and responding to his kisses she had as good as bound herself over to give him all he asked she of all people would not play a game where she took everything and gave but little not more than she could easily withdraw if she changed her mind it was only nerves this dread of something she had never tried but she was glad he had not asked for more than she could willingly give for there would come a moment she thought when she herself would wish to give him all it had all come so slowly and unnoticeably just like spring in the south and as steadily and surely no sudden transition no cold and stormy days that made one long desperately for the sun for wealth of light and consuming heat there had been none of those tremendously clear endless maddening spring nights of her own country when the sunny day was past night came quietly the cold and darkness bringing peaceful sleep between the bright warm days each new day a little warmer than the one before each day with more flowers on the campagna which did not seem greener than yesterday yet was much more green and mellow than the week before her love for him had come in the same way every night she looked forward to the next sunny day with him on the campagna but gradually it was more himself and his young love that she longed for she had let him kiss her because it gave her pleasure and from day to day their kisses had grown more frequent till at last words faded away and kisses took their place he had become more manly and mature from day to day the uncertainty and the sudden despondency of the earlier days had quite left them she herself was brighter friendlier more sure of herself not the coldness of youth always ready to fight but more a calm confidence in herself she was not disappointed with life now because it would not shape itself according to her dreams but accepted each day trusting that the unknown was right and could be turned to advantage why should not love come in the same way slowly like the warmth that grows day by day thawing and tempering and not as she had always believed it would come as a storm that would change her at once into a woman she did not know and whom her will could not control helge accepted this slow sound growth of her love quite naturally and calmly every night when they parted her heart was filled with gratitude to him because he had not asked for more than she could give that day oh if they could have stayed here till may till summer the whole of summer so that their love might ripen until they belonged to one another completely they would go together to the mountains in the summer the marriage could take place here later or at home in the autumn for they would marry of course in the ordinary way since they were fond of each other when she thought of her journey home she was almost afraid that she would awake as from a dream but she told herself such thoughts were nonsense since she loved him and he loved her she did not like the disturbing elements of engagements visiting relations and so on though they were trifles after all heaven be praised for this blessed spring in rome that had brought them together they too alone on the green campagna among the daisies don't you think jenny will be sorry some day that she ever got engaged to that gram asked francesco one evening when she was sitting in heggen's room he shook the ashes from his cigarette without answering he discovered all of a sudden that it had never struck him as indiscreet to speak about francesca's affairs to jenny but to speak about jenny's to francesca was quite another matter can you understand what she wants with him she asked again well it's hard to say we don't always understand what you women want with this or that man we imagine that we choose for ourselves but we are more like our brothers the dumb animals than we care to think some say we are disposed to love because of our natural state place and opportunity do the rest ugh said francesca shrugging her shoulders if that is so you i should say are always disposed gunnar laughed reluctantly or i have never been disposed enough i have never thought of any woman as the only one and so on and that is an essential condition in love because of our natural state francesca stared thoughtfully in front of her i dare say you are right but it happens sometimes that one falls in love with somebody for some special reason not only because time and circumstances are favorable i for one love him you know who i mean because i don't understand him it seems to me impossible that anybody could really be what he appeared to be i always expected something would happen that would explain what i saw i searched for the hidden treasure you know how desperately anxious one gets to find the longer one seeks even now when i think that some other woman may find it i but there are some who love because the loved one is perfect to them can give them all they need have you ever been in love with any woman to such an extent that you thought everything in her was right and good and beautiful that you could love everything in her no he said briskly but that is real love don't you think and that is how I thought Jenny would love. But it is impossible for her to love Helga Grum like that. I don't know him, really. I know only that he is not so stupid as he looks, as the saying goes. I mean, there is more in him than you'd think at first sight. I suppose Jenny has found out his real value. cesca was quiet. She lit a cigarette and watched the flame of the wax Vesta till it burnt out. Have you noticed that he always asks, don't you think, and is it not? has it not struck you that there is something effeminate something unfinished about him perhaps so possibly that's what attracted her she is strong and independent herself and might love a man weaker than herself i'll tell you what i think i don't believe that jenny really is so strong and independent she's only been forced to be at home she had to help and support and there was nobody to support her she had to take care of me because i needed her now it is Grom. She is strong and determined and she knows it and nobody asks her in vain for help but nobody can go on forever giving help and never getting any themselves don't you see that it will make her very lonely always being the strongest she is lonely now and if she marries that fellow she will never be anything else we all talk to her about ourselves and she has nobody she could talk to in the same way she ought to have a husband she could look up to whose authority she should feel one to whom she could say this is how i had lived and worked and fought for i thought it right and who could judge if it was right gram cannot because he is her inferior how can she know if she has been in the right when she has nobody with authority to confirm it jenny should ask is it not and don't you think not he they sat both quiet a while then hegan said it is rather curious Cheska." that when it is a question of your own affairs, you cannot make head or tail of it. But when it concerns somebody else, I think you often can see clearer than any of us. Perhaps. That is why I think sometimes I ought to go into a convent. When I am outside a trouble, I seem to understand it all. But when I am mixed up in it myself, I can't see a thing. End of Part 1, Chapter 10 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine